Welcome to the ProWrestling.net All Access Podcast. I'm Jason Powell here with a review of the February 6th edition of WWE Raw, which took place in Jim Ross country, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We did not see Jim Ross or his new goatee. And you know what? I'm actually happy because uh, WWE has that uh, sad fetish for their semi-annual Jim Ross humiliation in his home state thing going on. And uh, as much as I'd love to hear Jim Ross calling matches, I just uh, if if it comes down to humiliation or not seeing him, I'll take not seeing the guy. But uh, before we get into the review of Raw, a couple of things to plug. I will be on the PW Torch livecast this afternoon at blogtalkradio.com along with Wade Keller. We do this, I was going to say each and every Tuesday, but I'll actually be off next Tuesday. I will not be on the show. I haven't heard who Wade's going to have fill in. I would imagine it's going to be like just uh, some world beater. I mean, how do you fill these shoes? My God, he might have to bring in like three people. All right, probably not. Uh, but I will be on today uh, and most Tuesdays. Just I think this is the uh, first time in over a year I'll have missed a PW Torch livecast coming up next week. But uh, I will be on today at 4.30 Central, 5.30 Eastern Time. And uh, you are welcome to listen live at blogtalkradio.com and also call in during the one-hour free portion of the show. And then Wade and I stick around. God, it used to be like 20 minutes, and now we end up, seems like, uh, going no less than a half hour, sometimes even longer than an hour. And now that I mentioned that, watch today be the day that he wants to go like 15 minutes. But uh, we do a bonus show for our respective membership sites. And uh, speaking of the membership site, great time to sign up. WrestleMania right around the corner. WrestleMania season is here, of course. We've got the Elimination Chamber coming up. Uh, gosh, just uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. This weekend we've got TNA against all odds, which uh, looks like a good show on paper, but most of them do and turn out to be not so good. I'm hoping they can end that streak. The television show has been much better lately. But if you're interested in membership to the ad-free version of the site, the one with the .NET Members Forum, I don't know how many other sites would have a .NET Members Forum, but uh, we do. And uh, you can correspond with other .NET members, and uh, I'm in the in the forum on a regular basis, as are the other .NET staff members. And uh, also, you have the ability to write your own blogs. You get the first look at .NET news, tons of audio. Obviously, you're into audio if you're listening to this. And, God, we have hours of uh, member-exclusive audio each and every week, including reviews of all the major pay-per-views, all of the major television shows, and uh, the, the Q&A session that I do on Friday where uh, it's uh, there's some serious questions in there, but we also have a lot of fun with that. And the flagship show, the .NET Weekly Audio Show, Chris Shore and I analyzing all the news of the week for usually at least 90 minutes, if not uh, two hours sometimes, uh, depending on how newsworthy it is. And uh, also the .NET Countdown Show with uh, Jake Barnett and Will Pruitt looking at the top five best and worst moments of the week. Chris Shore's audio slant is up usually Wednesday night, sometimes Thursdays, and a lot more. So, I mean, just uh, interviews as well. Chris Jericho, Dutch Mantell, uh, former TNA creative team member, um, now back working on the Ring Cock King product. He stopped by a couple of times. Former WWE writers Court Bauer and Seth Mates have both stopped by. Recent interviews include former ECW champion Just Incredible, Sean Devari, who is uh, back with TNA offshoot at least, doing stuff for the uh, uh, Ringcock King promotion and also All Wheels Wrestling. He talked in great detail about that. Shane Hurricane Helms, who actually returned to the ring over the weekend for the first time uh, since his car accident back on Cinco de Mayo. Uh, he was uh, talking about his future and the, uh, the accident and uh, a really good two-hour interview with Shane. Um, and most of the interviews uh, run, I would say, well, the, the, the last three that I mentioned, I think uh, PJ Just Incredible went about 85 minutes. The other two went a couple of hours. So uh, access to those. If you're interested in signing up, just head on over to ProWrestling.net. If you're listening to this on iTunes or just not on the site, you can't miss the sign-up area. It's right there on the right side of your screen. And uh, if you uh, sign up today, you'll have access Shortly thereafter, it does, it's not a long sign-up process whatsoever, and you can do so uh, for as little as $5.50 a month if you want to take the annual option. You just want to try it out, listen to all the audio, move on, or hopefully you, you, you like what you hear and decide to stick around. Either way, it's only $7.50 a month. Again, head on over to ProWrestling.net. All right, now that we've got the plugging out of the way, let's talk about last night's WWE Raw show. 
This was a step back from the post-Royal Rumble edition of Raw, but uh, as I wrote in my hit list, I'm okay with that because it just it, – it, this is the week to do that. I mean, I, I don't think they sat down and said, hey, we're going to – let's, let's uh, slow things down a little bit. But let's face it. You've got next week is go-home week for the Elimination Chamber, and then after that, everything leads to WrestleMania. If you're going to have kind of a – just a, a, a less newsworthy show or just a show that's not quite as hot. I think this was the week to do it. And, again, I, I, I don't think that was, like, their mindset, but it worked out that way, and ultimately I was okay with it. They they forwarded the Elimination Chamber storylines as much as they could, and also, obviously, with Triple H and Undertaker, uh, they're, they're putting the wheels in motion for WrestleMania 28 as well. So, um, in general, I like the show. Obviously, the big news of the day is that Big Johnny has retained his position as the Raw interim general manager. I, I can't say I'm surprised by that. And there was a time when I would have been shaking my head going, why is this guy even on my TV? But he's actually turned out to be a pretty fun character. He's improving as a performer. And I, I like the chemistry that he has with CM Punk. Punk really does a nice job of getting fired up and just tearing into Big Johnny. And, and I just, I like the dynamic there. I like that Lauren Nias, uh, I like the way he's just so transparent, like his job's on the line and suddenly he's the nicest guy in the world and shaking hands with everyone. And, uh, and, and God, he was part of the, the awesome William Regal segment from last week that was, uh, just phenomenal with the Regal talking about his conjoined twins living in an attic and, uh, you know, he keeps them in an attic and all Laurenitis can say is, yeah, that fifth grade's a tough year, just completely oblivious. Uh, so I'm enjoying that. I'm okay with that development. I'm not saying I want to see the guys stick around in this role forever, but uh, I, I think there's still a story left to be told there. Obviously, they can still get to CM Punk versus Laurinaitis if they want to uh, at some point. Uh, injury-wise, before I, I suppose we should knock those out of the way, too, before getting into this. R-Truth took that nasty bump. He flipped over the top rope, and Miz was supposed to be there to catch him, and wasn't. Uh, didn't brace his fall at all, and Truth landed Hard, real hard, and uh, had to be, well, first he, like, rolled over and kind of uh, put his head underneath the ring. Uh, so he was clearly in a lot of pain, and, uh, and shortly thereafter they went to a break, and when they came back, he was being escorted to the back, and they had to call it on the fly that uh, he was removed by medical personnel, and uh, good move by WWE. There, there's just no point, you know, in, in having this guy try to gut his way through a match. The update on him, according to the WWE website, is that he didn't suffer any major injuries. Now, let's see, you know, concussion-wise, I know he landed hard on his back. Every once in a while, you can kind of jar your your, your head and neck at the same time. And uh, so, I, you know, I mean, there, there could be a, an issue there. But uh, no major injuries as a result of that. But I have a feeling that uh, Mr. Ron Killings is waking up pretty sore, on, uh, or at least he did on Tuesday morning. And uh, also Eve suffering... Uh, apparently a broken nose. I think PWInsider.com uh, had that detail that uh, she had suffered a broken nose. You could see it watching the match that uh, she took a, a, a nasty clothesline from Beth Phoenix and instant blood, and she didn't finish her match either. But uh, WWE at last check hadn't uh, up done any kind of update on her condition. It was kind of awkward. Uh, they did the pre-tape with Eve and Kane. It aired after that, and there was no sign of any nose issue with Eve during that, obviously, because it looked like it was taped uh, earlier in the day. But let's start. Let's uh, work our way through this show. Uh, Undertaker and Triple H video to start with a narrator. You don't always get that in WWE. That's uh, TNA does that quite a bit with James Earl Jones guy, but WWE we you know they'll, they'll play the video, let the production team do their thing. We don't always get the narrator. It was fine. Uh, then we got Pyro going off on the stage. Michael Cole immediately hyping the six-pack challenge match with all the Elimination Chamber guys and uh, said the winner of the match would get final entry in the Elimination Chamber. I like that. Uh, I, I, it was just a nice little touch. It's something I probably would have advertised a week out. There's a lot of things that WWE does that I would advertise a week out if I were them, but uh, I guess this is what happens when you, you book so much on the fly. Um but uh, then they also hyped uh, Daniel Bryan versus Big Show as the opening match and made a big fuss over that. I liked it. Even though they, they ended up going ultimately to the you know usual long opening promo segment, they're hyping matches right off the bat, telling people, here's what's, here's what's ahead. 
you know, stick around for this. And, and it makes the matches seem more important. And uh, I, I think it is a nice hook for those fans who are kind of, you know, I mean, I'll hear it from people. Ah, there's just too much talk in wrestling. And, I mean, there always has been. That's the thing. But, you know, I not the, you know, going growing up as a kid, there weren't too many 20-minute promo segments to open, open wrestling television shows. So I, I think just doing that. Uh, is a nice touch. But Triple H came out wearing the suit. Um, he said he, you know, he wanted to make it clear that he was going going to fire John Laurinaitis last week before he was interrupted. And uh, he did mention that uh, uh, Laurinaitis was meet, had met with the board of directors and they were going to announce their ruling as early as Tuesday morning. And he says, whatever, which I think was kind of my reaction to it. Like, like, Tuesday morning. And they eventually announced it would be revealed at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the WWE website. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's going to get you guys monster traffic. Uh, maybe it will. I, I don't know. But, uh, I, like, really, of all things, to tease for the, the website? Okay. Uh, but, uh, anyway, uh, so he turned his attention to Undertaker, of course, and did a really good job here. Now, the, 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 this, it felt long to me. The crowd was really into Hunter when he started off. And by the end, it seemed like he kind of overstayed his welcome. Part of it was the long Undertaker video that aired as well. Uh, but it, basically, the explanation he gave is that, you know, he, he didn't want to, he wanted to remember Taker as the dominant Taker. It showed a video, not the Taker that had to be helped from the ring after their match at WrestleMania last year, and then showed clips of that as well. And, uh, and he just, you know, he, he was talking about how after 20 years he, he uh, can still be in awe of Undertaker and be humble to be in the ring with him. And he said uh, that at this point he just doesn't have that rush, in, rush up his spine and didn't have butterflies. He's not in awe, and he isn't humbled by Taker. He says he felt bad for him, and uh, so, therefore, it's over. No match. And uh, then uh, he was just about ready. Well, he says, with, with respect, uh, out of all my heart, I say no. And then he was about to leave the ring, um, but Undertaker, uh, his a video started. Well, first the lights went out, the crowd got quiet. They were, like, really excited, thinking, hey, we're going to see Undertaker. And they did, but only on the video wall. Uh, it was uh, Taker sitting in a chair watching highlights of the WrestleMania 27 match and saying, uh, this is not over at one point. Give me what is mine, vengeance. And he said he'll give Triple H one more chance at immortality. And Triple H was, after the video played, Hunter was shown standing in the ring briefly. And they went to commercial. A, a good piece of business. It really was. I, I think that, uh, I, I like the story. And, you know, I still say to people, like, I don't want to see this match. I, I do hear from those people that just can't get into this match for whatever reason. I still think some of them were the same people that last year at this time didn't want to see Undertaker and Triple H either, and were grumbling that WWE uh, was giving a repeat match, wasn't acknowledge, acknowledging that it was a repeat, that they'd already wrestled once at WrestleMania. And just, you know, I, I think a lot of it is tri the Triple H factor that turns some online fans off. I am just fine with this. These guys stole the show at WrestleMania last year. I think their match in retrospect was clearly designed to tell to set up this story for this year. Um I know from talking to someone, uh, you know, that, that with knowledge of the situation that, and, I, and I've said this before, that even coming out of that match last year, the idea was to, to have a rematch. And, and the only thing that would stand in the way is if, like, a Brock Lesnar became available or just something unforeseen. And Lesnar isn't available right now. He's still got the UFC situation. And, you know, I, I don't think, even if he was, I don't think WWE would add him to this show in, in such a high, in, in, you know, in, in a prominent role uh, because they've got so much else going on on this show. I don't think they want to make that type of financial commitment. I think it's, it's wise to save Lesnar for, not that they have the option right now, but if, if they did, I think it would be wise to save Lesnar for the future. Um, and, but, you know, I mean, basically the story, they, they told the story last year, in a way that would set up the rematch, assuming it was going to be this year. Now, if, if Lesnar had been available, you know, they could have just put that off a year, but eventually got back to telling that same story if they really wanted to. And so I, I think they earned the right to tell their story. I think they earned the right to, you know, try to follow up last year. And, and I'm not expecting it to be as good as last year. Maybe it will be. I wasn't expecting greatness last year. I thought, boy, Taker's working with that bum shoulder coming off rotator cuff surgery and, 
Triple H is, uh, you know, hadn't been, he wasn't working a full-time schedule either. And, you know, th- those same concerns are still there. But I think that, you know, the thing that people say about Taker is that the year off obviously has done that shoulder some good. I mean, it, it's never going to be 100%. But, you know, the range of motion is certainly much better than it was. People in awe that Taker was able to work through that injury last year even, uh, coming off of, you know, he was on the short end of, uh, short end of recovery time for the rotator cuff surgery and, uh, there, you know, it wasn't like it was shocking that he worked because it's Undertaker and he'll do that. But people who, uh, you know, know how much pain he was in, know what he was able to do physically, were, were just in awe of that, that he was able to go out there. So I'm looking forward to it. I think they're telling a really good story here. Uh, you know, Shawn Michaels will be on next week. My guess is that something he says gets Triple H to at least think about. Uh, taking the match, whether, you know, I don't think he's going to outright accept it next week. Perhaps it happens the night after Elimination Chamber. Uh, as I've reported on the site, uh, the Target Center, uh, actually both, both Target Center and the WWE website, uh, are listing Undertaker for the February 20th Raw, which I will be attending in person in Minneapolis at Target Center. And, uh, so Taker not advertised for next week, so it looks like you know, next week is Sean, and then Taker's back. Taker not advertised for anything else yet. Doesn't mean he won't be on on shows or anything like that. It's just this is the only show that he's advertised for at last check anyway. That may have even changed. But Undertaker uh, is scheduled to be in Minneapolis the night after Elimination Chamber. So perhaps that's when they make the rematch official, or at least do an angle, you know, obviously do an angle to get it to that point or, you know, set it up so that, it won't take much longer, but my guess is that's when that match is officially announced for WrestleMania. In one of the stranger moments of the night, we got uh, a graphic that touted that Raw was watched by more viewers than NBC's Fear Factor and Rock Center with Brian Williams last week. Um, now, Nor, you know, they do this kind of stuff all the time where they're, you know, um, tooting their own horn about having more viewers in an NBA game or something that was on ESPN and you know, you name it, they'll they'll do it, but they usually avoid, well, NBC, the the the, the company that uh, they have the relationship with. Uh, I you know, I think everyone is well, most people are aware that USA Network is part of NBC Universal. So WWE, when they work out a deal with USA and Sci-Fi, are working with NBC Universal. So I don't know if this was like. Some kind of a funny rib, uh, or there's, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to just assume that there's tension. I, I, I don't know what the hell. I, I, I was surprised to see that. I, my guess is that Vince was sitting backstage chuckling over it, or, you know, Bonnie Hammer gave him, you know, the, the USA Network executive, uh, you know, thought it was a, a fun rib too. I, you got me, but uh, that was a strange moment. First match, Big Show beat Daniel Bryan, who had AJ with them via count out in 625. The story here was that Big Show uh, was, uh, you know, he, he he was definitely getting the better of Daniel Bryan, who uh, his offense pretty much consisted of leg kicks, and which makes sense. I mean, shows the giant. It's it's a logical thing for a smaller guy. And if you're watching an MMA fight. That you go back to those old UFCs and you'd see some of that um, when when they didn't uh, have weight classes they, they'd have big men against little men that's the kind of thing you'd see so it's logical uh, and the story they told though was that AJ well she was wearing a neck brace and Daniel Bryan always refers to her as uh, the woman uh, you know how, well actually he talks about how she loves him never saying that he loves her which I think is a great touch I, I get a big kick out of that. Uh, you know, this woman loves me, and, he, you know, he never reciprocates. So that's kind of a cool touch that he's doing. But show at one point nearly ran into AJ at ringside. He stopped short and, and you know, it was kind of an ooh moment because he's the one who plowed her over and accidentally and gave her, you know, put, put the neck brace on her essentially. Well, Daniel Bryan's character sees this as an opportunity to, point out that this proves that Big Show did it intentionally. He ran her over the first time when he could have stopped like he did here, and so he uh, just walks out on the match. Show wins by countout because he's uh, more concerned with getting AJ backstage. He said, uh, well, he did say he's, he's protecting the woman he loves is more important to him than anything. Now, maybe I heard that wrong, so either he did actually acknowledge that he loves her, or maybe he said... Uh, I, I could be off on this one. He may have actually said that the woman who loves me is more important than anything. But uh, he said that he will um, will still be Daniel Bryan, a vegan, 
and the World Heavyweight Champion after Elimination Chamber. Um, you know, the, the vegan stuff, to me, it's basically what CM Punk was doing as the heel straight-edge character. It's just, it, it you know, it, it's just a preachy character, basically. And so that's what I'm getting out of this, even if they're not exactly defining what a vegan is. It's just he's a preachy character, and it's something that people can, um, that, that people, you know, someone who people can boo for being irritating with that stuff. And I think they could actually take that further and have fun with it um, if they wanted to. be nice if they actually understood what the definition of a vegan is, but... Um, before they go there, but I, I think Daniel Bryan has, has found something now. He has a real role. He's not just uh, the guy that Michael Cole calls a dork and then generally acts kind of like a dork anyway. When he cuts promos, he sounds like Napoleon Dynamite. Now, I mean, yeah, he still is in Napoleon Dynamite moments, but then he can flip the switch. There was a, uh, right before I started recording, I put up the uh, one of the backstage shows that they're doing. I can't even remember the name of it. Uh, yeah, Backstage Fallout. The, the Raw edition, and they interview Daniel Bryan. And I, I just, he's done this on television lately, too. I like that he can go from Napoleon Dynamite voice into being angry and, you know, just flipping that switch and becoming a different person almost. And he's doing a really nice job. It's not, granted, it's not how I would push Daniel Bryan. I really would play up the fact that he's a submission specialist and, um, you know, make him a, a, a strong baby face, for that matter, even a strong heel who can beat anybody, but, you know, with his submissions and, and uh, has credibility. But, you know, what they're doing with him, again, at least he has a real role now, and, and I think they're on to something here, even if it's not ideal for, uh, well, at least as far as what, you know, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson fans were expecting or hoping for when he arrived in WWE. Uh, we got a WrestleMania video. 55 days away as of yesterday, so 54 today. The countdown is on. And the announcer showed footage from last week, apparently, of Carl Edwards spitting out in a car outside the arena. I don't know why they didn't just say it was this week. It's kind of odd. Uh, but Edwards invited John Cena to be the honorary starter of the Daytona 500 on February 25th. Cena told him, kiss my ass. Oh, wait, okay. He actually accepted. Um, so it was a little odd that... You know, he's uh, got this weird thing going on with Kane, and uh, he's, like, uh, harassing Eve and already put Zack Ryder on the shelf, and yet there's happy-go-lucky Cena saying he will gladly do it. Um, you know, I don't know how they'd get to it. Any, I mean, it's not like you want to be all doom and gloom and, okay, fine. So, I, you know, I don't know how they would have got around that. But I, I think this is good for WWE. It's good for Cena to get that visibility. And ultimately, you know, I, I think they'll probably get some WrestleMania hype during the Daytona 500 out of this, whether it's just a, a mention of the show. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's any formal, you know, commercial trade-off kind of thing. But somehow, so you know, either way, it's just John Cena, uh, the, the you know, the face of the company or one of the faces of the company, getting that uh, camera time for, a, you know, a major sporting event. So a, a nice deal for WWE. He's going to be in L.A. if you're listening in Los Angeles going, is Cena going to be at the house show? Yes, he will be at the Friday house show according to his current schedule. And uh, But then he'll be off for uh, the 25th and the 26th. I looked that up last night just to see if there were any uh, false advertising uh, issues uh, with, with Cena being listed. And then this, maybe this came up at the last moment, but you know, I, I doubt it. I think they plan these things out pretty well. Uh, then we got... Uh, Cole talking about how there have been seven world title changes in the 13 Elimination Chamber matches that have taken place over the years. Oh, man, I hope. Uh, you know, I can live with Jericho winning. I really can because I think it sets things up nicely. He was the last entrant. You know, I mean, if Punk's one of the first two, he has this hard-fought match. Somehow, some way, he loses to Jericho, either, you know, whether it's cheating or just he's, he's exhausted, whatever. And then he goes for the title, you know, tries to get his title back. But I just have a bad feeling that it's going to be one of those years where they where they change both titles again, going into WrestleMania. Uh, you know, again, if it's the champion challenging to get his belt back, I'm, I'm cool with it. But I, I don't like, you know, I, I just fear that it's going to be Randy Orton wins the Elimination Chamber and then faces Sheamus in a babyface versus babyface matchup. And that match certainly has potential. There's no reason they can't go there. But um I just I don't like those change title changes right before Mania. They've done it in the past where it, it's really diminished the value of the title going into WrestleMania. It's like you're seeing a guy that just won the belt face another guy that hasn't really been in the title picture all that much. And 
you're supposed, you know, I mean, I, I want a long-term champion going into WrestleMania defending against the true, you know, number one contender type, and and we just don't get that enough with these because of these because they don't show discipline or they don't plan out well enough heading into these uh, elimination chamber matches. Uh, David Otunga came out and was uh, he cut a promo, struck a, a Tim Tebow pose, and was going for cheap heat. And uh, Justin Roberts announced that Triple H had booked Otunga in a match. So Otunga's in street clothes when he was destroyed by Sheamus in 205. Otunga got a little bit of offense in, but Sheamus uh, put him away with the broke kick. Yeah, nice, simple. You know, they, they put a little heat on Otunga, basic formula, put a little heat on Otunga on the mic, and then have Sheamus come out and destroy him. <clears throat> Just a, a simple way to showcase Sheamus, is, who's the uh, uh, Royal Rumble winner and you know, they're still playing up that he's not going to announce who he's challenging until after uh, the Elimination Chamber. Uh, I don't know that anyone's sitting on the edge of their seat because I think most of us just assume that it's going to be, well, Sheamus challenging for the World Heavyweight Championship. Chris Jericho uh, was shown walking backstage. The announcer said he was coming up. We got a break. Lawler uh, thanked the band Nickelback for providing yet another shitty song. First, uh, we we get the Raw theme song every Monday, and uh, now one of their shitty songs is uh, the official theme of SummerSlam. And if you like Nickelback, that's cute. Just don't waste your time emailing me because you're not going to convince me that this chick rock band is good. Teach his own. I like Van Halen. I went out and bought that this morning on CD. As I put on Twitter, Van Halen plus CD equals I'm old. Because, uh, yeah, I know everyone else like, why do you buy a CD? Because that's what I do. And if I had an 8-track player, no. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Nickelback just doesn't do anything for me at all. We've been through this before. If you've been listening, uh, just not my style. If you like it, hey, we all have different musical tastes, but I think yours sucks. Uh, Chris Jericho made his entrance. Got the light jacket. No smiling. He was uh, angry, kind of sneering at the fans and, uh, he, he was boasting about the way he manipulated the fans and said that by reappearing on Raw, he made every other performer obsolete. He called out Miz for wearing a suit and talking slowly, just as he did. And he uh, said that he was doing those flashy, high-flying moves that Kofi Kingston was doing before he was doing them. Uh, he called out R-Truth for what's up. I can't remember what his, uh, what his uh, illogical... Uh, rationale was for that. I can't even remember what the line was. Comical, though. Dolph Ziggler, Vicky Guerrero, and then uh, CM Punk, ultimately, he said, was the worst culprit because he calls himself the best in the world, but he's nothing more than a Jericho wannabe. And he said, Punk knows deep down that Jericho is the best in the world at everything he does. And he says, and I don't have to write it on the back of a T-shirt. And Jericho said, uh, this is the end of the world as you know it because he's coming back to claim what's his. And then Punk's music played... He came out wearing a new T-shirt. He was smiling. And, you know, you can make the argument that, well, damn, should this guy be smiling after Jericho roughed him up last week? It was, you know, to me it was punk spoofing what Jericho's been doing and uh, showing some restraint, going out there and trying to get under Jericho's skin. As soon as, you know, punk gets in the ring, Jericho turned the jacket on again, which I thought was hilarious. And uh, he was scowling at punk as he entered. And then uh, Punk slowly approached Jericho with the mic in hand. The crowd went from cheering to a very interested silence. And then Punk dropped the mic to further establish that he's mocking what Jericho's been doing. Punk held up the WWE Championship. He turned his back to Jericho and kind of like, you know, held his arm up like, yeah, go ahead and hit me from behind if you got the balls. And when Jericho didn't, Punk smirked, held up his arm as if he was uh, waiting for something, uh, nodded knowingly, and then left the ring. And uh, Jericho says, you're not going to say anything, huh? You're not going to say anything, wannabe. Look at me when I'm talking to you, wannabe. That part I didn't care for. That was a little too last version of Jericho character for me. And, you know, it's a, it was a damn good character. It really was. It's just I like that Chris Jericho reinvents himself. And uh, I just, I you know, I'm hoping that there's more to this. I'm hoping that it's not just... Okay, it was a fun introduction, but now I'm the same Jericho you saw last time. You know, I, I still want to pay off on who was the little girl in the video. What does that represent? If it's nothing, I'll be disappointed. I, I just have, you know, I mean, yes, it got people interested. It got people talking, and that, I'm sure that would be Jericho's explanation for it. It's well, got everyone guessing and speculating and threw people off a little bit. But I, I'd like to think that this guy, 
had a long-term plan that those things in the videos ultimately will make sense. I, you know, I, I don't know if there is going to be, a, 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 you know, someone that represents that little girl or what, but I'm hoping so. Uh, again, I just, you know, I have faith in, you know, Jericho's going to be entertaining regardless, even if he is just back to being the last Chris Jericho, just minus the suit. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I do have faith that there's still, you know, there's going to be more to it than that. Uh, maybe a combo of heel, Y2J, and that suit-wearing character who was playing last time. But, you know, I, I really hope that the best is yet to come with Jericho. I think it is in terms of his back and forth with Punk. But I don't. I just don't want to see Jericho as that, um, you know, that, that yelling at the end, like almost begging for attention. I, that, I, I just want to see him be more of a serious character that, you know, commands respect and not just, you know, look at me type. But we'll see. That's my personal taste. Um, or give me attention type, I should say. Uh, the I guess same thing. The announcers hyped Randy Orton and Great Khali in a tag match for after the break. I'm like, really? You're going to hype Great Khali, huh? Um, then the announcers talked about the SmackDown version of the Elimination Chamber. Uh, they, they hyped Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan for Friday SmackDown, which will be taped tonight in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Still looking for correspondence for that show. Additional correspondence. So if you're going, hit me up at .netjason at gmail.com. D-O-T-N-E-T Jason at gmail.com. Um, but uh, no mention of the title, so I assume it's just a singles match. Kind of makes you wonder, does this mean that there's no chance of Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan at Mania? I think it does. Not that, I mean, it wouldn't, I don't know how they'd get there. Because uh, Sheamus has the title, so I guess he'd have to challenge for the Raw side of things, and I, I don't see that happening. So, I, I'm still leaving the door open somehow, some way for a triple threat with Brian Orton and Sheamus, but I, I still lean Orton versus Sheamus right now as the match I think they're going to go with just because what else do you do with Randy Orton? I think they're more concerned about Randy Orton having a high-profile role at Mania than they are Daniel Bryan at this point. Not saying they should be, but just saying they probably are. In that third match, Randy Orton and Great Call Lee beat Wade Barrett and Cody Rhodes in three minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, the story here is that Orton gave a hard slap to the chest of uh, the great Collie to tag him into the match, and then uh, call you know, and then Collie tagged Orton back in at one point. Uh, Orton was uh, getting the better of Cody Rhodes, hitting a signature spots when Collie just reached in and tagged himself in, uh, which did not make Randy Orton happy. Cody went for his uh, finishing kick off the ropes, but he was greeted with a big chop from Collie, who then pinned him. And I'm like, you know, I. I I know they're trying to make Cauley seem relevant. I just don't think it's worth the trouble. I, you know, maybe there's some grand plan for him at Mania. It, there've been rumors of Shaq coming in, so I, you know, maybe they're going to have all these giants, and this is their way of trying to make him seem relevant. Uh, I, as I mentioned, I'm still holding out hope that Cauley is like taken out by Christian somehow, who is uh, should be back from his uh, uh, his, his surgery. Soon, you'd think it was, you know, it was described as early 2012, and well, it's early 2012, but I, I don't know that, you know, we're seeing this. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think it, uh, unless it happens at the actual pay per view, I, I think they're actually going forward with Great Coley in that match. I, you know, I like that, that they established that Orton is, is, a, is a loner, and uh, Cole even said at one point that the chamber, being every man for himself, kind of, you know, plays to that for Orton. Um, so I like that. I just didn't like what this did for the heel. Wade Barrett was like, it was even in the match for more than 10 seconds or something. He was hardly in there at all. And then uh, Cody Rhodes did the bulk of the work and ended up being pinned. And I'm like, why? It just, I, I don't get it. Uh, I don't know. You know, Cody Rhodes, I think, has shown potential. And it's like uh, they keep going one step forward, maybe one and a half steps back. It's like they don't, they don't take the full two steps, but. Um, every time you, you start to think they're going to do a little something with Cody, something like this happens. We're just like, why him? Why does it, you know, well, it, real Cody has to be the guy losing this match. And I'm not even saying Wade Barrett should have been because they're, they're trying to do something with him. It's not really clicking, but why put him in there, I guess, um, I, if, if that's the case. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, the heels just kind of felt like uh, they, they could have been two jobbers here. They, they meant nothing in this match. Uh, the announcers talked about The Rock and John Cena's war of words on Twitter. They left out that part about uh, Rock bringing up uh, how Cena liked yum rockets in college. 
And uh, I'm still trying to figure out, um, is this uh, is Rock being homophobic or did Cena, like, engage in homosexual acts in college? I think it's a fair question to ask, given that, I mean, I just can't imagine that this uh, major motion picture star would uh, be throwing out homophobic slurs on uh, Twitter on a regular basis, would he? All right, yeah, he probably would. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just they are talking about their Twitter exchanges and, and whatnot. And then uh, they did have to air a graphic after commercial break to let us know that Rock leads in Twitter followers over John Cena. I, I believe at last check, Cena has more Facebook followers. Who friggin' cares? Uh, at ringside, the announcer spoke about uh, the Twitter feud again, and then Cena mocked Rock, uh, saying that uh, when I for saying when I left WWE during his video, and he said that's something he will never say. Remember this, uh, like. I mean, at some point, the man is going to leave WWE. He's going to retire, right? I mean, maybe hang out, I don't know. But uh, Cena uh, said that he, he also said he will not lose at WrestleMania. All right? Um, you know, I mean, hey, I, they've got to try to keep this match fresh in people's mind with Mania right around the corner. Obviously, the real hype for that match uh, officially, you know, really kicks in after Elimination Chamber. So, uh, little teases like this for now, and then the true hype begins. Hopefully in Minneapolis when I go, but I have a feeling that uh, we'll be the last last uh, live crowd, last live raw crowd that doesn't get to see The Rock in person because I think he's scheduled for all but one other show between then and WrestleMania, and my guess is that he's added to that show too. So we'll get Undertaker in Minneapolis. I don't know if we're going to get uh, The Rock, but uh, fingers crossed because I, I sure would like to see him in person one more time, uh, you know, because there's no telling how long, uh, if he's, well, even if he's going to stick around and, and do anything else after WrestleMania 28. Uh, in the fourth match, Eve, Kelly Kelly, Alicia Fox, and Tamina beat Beth Phoenix, Natalia, and the Bella Twins in an eight-diva tag. Beth is still being like the ultra-aggressive diva and, uh, you know, hard slapping one of the Bellas across the chest to tag her into the match, and even Natalia's having some issues with her now. And uh, so I, I just, you know, I've been saying this for a little bit. I, I assume that Karma's the one that comes back as a baby face now that she's a mother, and they have their showdown match at Mania, and unfortunately they make it a Lumberjills match because everyone will be mad at Beth. And, um, you know, hey, as long as the Lumberjills just kind of stand there and really don't get all that involved, I'm cool with it. Let these two do their thing. They don't need Lumberjills. They really don't. But WWE's going to want to get everyone on the show, so that might be their way of doing it. But, uh, hey, if it means we get, you know, even seven, eight good minutes of, of Beth versus Karma, cool. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, the Hype Rocks appearance on tonight's show. You can watch the video footage or read my recap of that on ProWrestling.net, the WWE news section. I thought, uh, quickly, I thought Rock, uh, well, he's Rock. He's very good in these, uh, in this setting. And, um, he, he had some fun and, uh, hype WrestleMania did not mention John Cena's name, did not mention the date for WrestleMania, did not mention avail that it's only available on pay-per-view, but he did mention WrestleMania, or Leno did, or, you know, they were talking about his return to the ring. And Brian Gewertz, WWE, while well, former head writer, now some goopy new title, still involved in the, uh, writing process, of course. He was, uh, shown on The Tonight Show in a photo, because Rock told a story about, how he asked Gewertz to write down one of the lyrics to uh, the Frank Sinatra's New York so that he could uh, remember the order, and Gewertz did it, and then held up the sign when Rock needed him to, but he held up the blank side and had the written side facing himself. So uh, Rock had a picture, a recent photo of uh, him and Gewertz, where Gewertz was just standing there holding up a blank piece of paper, which is pretty comical. Uh, so good stuff. You know, We're checking out on the site um, if you haven't watched it already, or again, if you at work can't watch the video, my full recap is up. Uh, then we got uh, Triple H backstage on the phone, um, talking with uh, someone about the John Laurinaitis situation. Big Johnny walked in. He uh, said the board was professional and were a bunch of really nice people. And he said that uh, he would accept whatever decision the board had for him. Uh, Lauren Idison announced that Shawn Michaels would be at the show next week, and Hunter was kind of in disbelief, and he's, he's hunting in the middle of nowhere. And Lauren Idison said Michaels will be at the show because that's what people want. And Lauren Idison announced that John Cena would face Kane in an ambulance match at the pay-per-view, and Hunter actually liked this idea, but he eventually uh, kicked Lauren Idison out of his office. And then Hunter started texting when Lauren Idison left the room, 
and they went to a commercial. Um, can't say the whole ambulance thing does a lot for me, but, uh, hey, if it's going to be the blow-off of this lousy Cena versus Kane feud, great. I mean, I'm all for trying to add some kind of, uh, you know, get Cena serious again and, and quit having him clown around so much like he's done for, like he did for most of 2011. Uh, but this just hasn't led to anything special. The whole Kane and Cena thing. Um, Kane looks old. Even with the mask, he looks old. I don't know what it is. Well, maybe it's because he's old. But, uh, you know, you'd think the mask would kind of hide that. There's just, something's not, not clicking here. It's been a little too cartoonish and corny bad horror movies kind of stuff, and uh, Cena making that uh, awful mean face that he did didn't help matters, and uh, this one just can't end quickly enough for me. I, Cena's not apparently going to embrace the hate. Kane will be leaving in an ambulance, and uh, then it'll be, you know all roads will lead to WrestleMania, and I assume Kane veers off and has a Mania match with Zack Ryder, or they put him in a Money in the Bank match together, and uh, they, they tell their story that way. Uh, we had another ad for Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton on SmackDown. And uh, that's when the announcers uh, stated that the official decision from the board of directors would be revealed regarding John Laurinaitis on uh, Tuesday morning, which it already has been. Uh, then uh, the announcers set up the Undertaker and Triple H video from earlier in the show with Taker saying it's not over. Um, yeah, I mean, we, there, there were too many videos last night, but it's WrestleMania time. Get used to it. I mean, if you're... Like, God, all these video packages, it, it's only going to get worse, let's face it. Um, especially if you watch some of the, uh, like, the B-shows. I mean, they're, you know, superstars, you can generally fast-forward through back when it would air on television and, you know, the, what, take out commercials 40-some minutes. And then, uh, but then if you, if you fast-forward through the video packages that have already played on Raw, around WrestleMania time, you should be able to get through that show in, like, less than 30 minutes. It's uh, it's just what they do. That's how they hype Mania. So, uh, you know, I don't know that Raw is going to be as littered with them. We're going to obviously get some, but I I just hope that we're not going to get these John Cena and Rock nice guy videos every week until Mania. I don't want to watch two nice guys fight. I want want to, you know, I want it to be these guys don't like each other. Here's why. Now they've got an issue. You know, they're, they're the biggest stars in, in the sport. Whatever. Just get to it. Let's not, uh, oh, they're so wonderful. Let's, let's, uh, when, when the videos are over, I should want to watch them fight, not feel the need to go out and vote for both men. Uh, Josh the Stalker Matthews popped up out of nowhere, as he's been known to do. And, uh, the hair wasn't as crazy. He still got the hair product going. Big on the hair product. Uh, but, uh, wasn't as, uh, must we get a haircut or something. I know you care. Uh, but anyway, uh, he asked Laurinaitis what he expects the ruling to be, and Laurinaitis brought up Triple H rejecting Taker's challenge, and he said he's not sure whether the board of directors wants someone who is perceived as cowardly running raw. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, then uh, Justin Roberts was uh, kind enough to explain the rules of the six-pack challenge since WWE has only done, what, two of those matches, I think? Don't email me. I don't care. Uh, R-Truth made his entrance, and they went uh, to a commercial break. Uh, then we had a graphic that hyped the return of Shawn Michaels for next week. I'm looking forward to that. You know, I mean, we know Shawn's done as a wrestler. It doesn't it doesn't feel as meaningful when he shows up now because, you know, it just doesn't lead to anything substantial. But maybe this one does. You know, lots of uh, rumors that Michaels will be the special referee of Taker versus Hunter. You know, I, I mentioned yesterday there were a lot of rumors that was the case last year, too, and it didn't happen. But I, I think it would be a logical addition to the match if they wanted to go. They're not completely necessary, but I, I think they could tell a nice story there, especially, you know, where does, where, where does Sean fall on this? Is uh, You know, I mean, him and Hunter have screwed over how many people as part of DX? Are they going to screw Taker out of his streak? Or, you know, I mean, is Sean still bitter with Taker ending his career? There's a lot of good stories uh, telling possibilities there, so I, I hope they add him. Um, then we got the ring introductions for the main event, and uh, they actually hyped that in the new WWE magazine, Triple H explains how to win an elimination chamber match. Insert your own joke here about uh, marrying the boss's daughter. Fifth match was Chris Jericho defeating CM Punk, R-Truth, Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler, and The Miz in a six-pack challenge in 12:25 to earn final entry into the Elimination Chamber. Vicky was in Dolph's corner this week, um, as she normally is. And, uh, you know, I, I thought this was kind of a clunky match early on. I didn't, you know, just, I, I had a hard time getting into it. 
I kind of have a hard time getting into anyone other than Punk and Jericho that are in this match right now. Uh, the Miz hasn't met this little since, uh, well, God, what the tag team days? I, I mean, honestly, it's, I, and I don't think, uh, him failing to, uh, to, to, to break the fall of our truth last night is going to do him any political favors. Um, but Dolph Ziggler just, you know, the, the follow up, he, he lost last week and now this week he was in the match, but not really showcased. It just, you know, I, I I'm still hopeful that, after Mania or even at Mania, his big push is going to begin. But right now, he just doesn't mean much. Kofi Kingston, great. He beat The Miz last week. I'm sorry. That's not nearly enough to erase, you know, weeks and months of uh, – he's a tag team powerhouse, but if he's in a singles match, he sucks. And R-Truth, you know, I mean, he's R-Truth. He's just kind of comedy relief, but with a bit of an edge so they can put him in a match like this once in a while. Uh, of course, he got – this is the match he got hurt in. Uh, it's still – I mean, man, he, he hit hard. But, uh, I mean, it was all about Jericho and, and Punk to me. And uh, sure enough, you know, the, the heel, I like right off the bat that everyone, I think just about everyone, maybe one person, but most of them went after Jericho and hit him with kicks, and then he rolled outside the ring and stayed there. And, of course, that's because he was calling them all wannabes earlier in the show. So nice uh, nice follow-up there. Um, the down the stretch we got Kofi. This is I mean it really did pick up down the stretch. It, it was a little bit slow to start, uh, and then there was the awkward part with Truth getting hurt and having to be removed from the match. We don't know how much that changed match plans. I mean, uh, you know they weren't going to have our Truth go over or anything, but um, you know I, I don't know if they how much they had planned out backstage that Truth was involved in. But eventually, once it came time for the finish, finishing sequence, it, you know, things really picked up, as, as they're known to do in these multi-person matches in WWE. Uh, so we got Kofi going for Trouble in Paradise, Jericho countering with Walls of Jericho, Punk breaking that up and throwing Jericho to ringside, and then Ziggler rolling up Punk for a pretty good near fall, and then Dolph went for his finisher, but Punk countered with the GTS. I, you know, they, they did such a good job of the... Uh, the famous there in GTS uh, exchange at the pay-per-view. Um, I kind of hope they leave that one alone and, and don't make it just kind of a common thing whenever those guys work. But Jericho pulled Punk to ringside and threw him over the announcer's table. And then Jericho covered Ziggler and got the pin with his feet on the ropes, no less. And so Jericho uh, will have final entry into the Elimination Chamber. And some dumbass that uh, wrote the review last night wrote that he would not include it in Meant to be a, supposed to be a W, and I added a T. Yes, I was that dumbass. That should not surprise any of you. Um, so, as I'm fixing that right now before I forget, uh, you know, I mean, I, well, I should, I'll, I'll recap the rest here because they, uh, Jericho grabbed the championship belt and was mugging with it, took a seat just to see him. Punk would do it, had the belt over his shoulder, and he was looking down at Punk, who was recovering on the floor, and that's when Jericho smiled at him. And uh, then all of a sudden you could hear, like, I, I thought it was multiple women screaming, and I'm like, God, someone turn that camera mic off or, you know, get the mic away, you know, what, just get these women away from it. How annoying. And then it, like, all of a sudden it sounded like one woman screaming, and it was because it was Eve backstage. She was uh, terrified because Kane was in her face again, and Kane said that Cena will be in a better place once he embraces the hate. Who cares? And he said if he doesn't get there soon, he's afraid for Eve, Cena, and anyone who gets in his path. And he said that for the first time in his life, he's afraid of himself. I, I just don't care. It's uh, it's too bad. I mean, I, I really had hoped that uh, a serious feud between Kane and Cena would breathe some new life into both guys. But WWE took that you know really hokey cartoonish route that they've been known to route, route that they've been known to take and. Um, it, it, I think it's done more harm than good for, for both guys, this feud that is. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean Ryder and Kane can't do their thing. And I still question, okay, is there a reason that Kane's not beating the holy hell out of Eve? I mean, other than you don't do men on women violence and on pro wrestling television shows in 2012. You know, I mean, it, it could this, it, it could, it probably just that, but could there be some kind of twist where Eve isn't really with Zack Ryder? Keep in mind that, He's always trying to get her to go out with him, and just as they were, you know, starting to click, it seemed, Kane showed up, and that was the end of that. And so uh, is there a reason that she didn't, uh, you know, seal the deal, so to speak, with him before all this started? Uh, because long-term, the plan is for her to turn? I, I don't know. Um, but uh, 
right now she's uh, probably, well, she probably has a, a pretty sore nose this morning, and we'll see how good of a job they can do of uh, getting her nose nice and straight for next week's show, assuming she's on there. But, uh, you know, I, like I said, it wasn't just a blow, a, a grand slam edition of Raw. It wasn't that. I mean, it, to me, it was like a single, maybe a double if, you, if you're, you know, uh, if you want to use the baseball analogy, it was, and it wasn't even a stand-up double. It was this guy, you know, they legged it out and barely got to second base. Maybe if you want to go give them a credit for a double, uh, it's a solid show, not a great show by any means, but, uh, it did enough to forward the storylines. And as I said, this is the time for them to have not, you know, this, it, this isn't the week for them to just, uh, go balls to the wall and have this, uh, just incredible show because, you know, there's still so much, uh, go home week next week for Elimination Chamber, followed by nonstop hype and build for WrestleMania 28 beginning on February 20th. Uh, when I go to that show in Minneapolis, that's the uh, first show after the Elimination Chamber. So I think we've got some good weeks of television ahead for WWE's sake. We better. Uh, they need to really get people excited about Mania. You would think that <clears throat> Rock and Cena would sell itself, but as we saw, Rock and Cena together didn't really sell all that well for Survivor Series. But I mean, I, I, I'm still confident with uh, you know Rock and Cena. Uh, really kicking in the hype for their match, and uh, then Undertaker Triple H. Once that's formally announced, and we start to get the rest of the under uh, of the uh, WrestleMania card, the two world title matches, and uh, you know, I mean, there's there's some good po- possibilities here. Plus, it's Mania, and there's a lot of people out there that just order it because it's WrestleMania. I think they're going to be fine, but you know, I, I also thought they would have found a way to get people excited about Rock and Cena teaming at Survivor Series. So. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they've got some good things ahead, uh, because this is a huge year for them. Not every year you get Dwayne The Rock Johnson returning to the ring to, uh, to, to work the WrestleMania main event, so you, you better, uh, take advantage of it. And I, I do think they're doing a little better job this year of having their ducks in a row. Last year was like, you've got The Rock, but you're not selling them on people who are actually going to be sticking around long term. Where this year I think there are some people in, in those positions now that are, you know, being given a chance to shine. So it's uh, basically tune in for The Rock and Cena and hope people stick around because they're hooked on some of the other players that are that are full-timers. And, uh, you know, that's really the trick for Mania this year. But that's going to do it for me for now. If you haven't heard enough of me, there's probably something wrong with you. But you won't have to wait long because, as I said earlier, 4.30 Central, 5.30 Eastern Time, blogtalkradio.com. The PW Torch livecast with uh, that preachy vegan Dan, oh, Wade Keller, and uh, and he's really not. Well, maybe to you guys he is. You get him in person, he, he doesn't. Pre- and there's actually some Dan. I've, I've had uh, I've, I've had some vegan food with Wade. I'm I'm, I'm no vegan or anything. I'm, I just never will be. I'm too much of a meat guy. I but uh, I give credit to anyone who can be that strict with their diet. Uh, but uh, I've had some of that food. It's damn good. I gotta say. Uh, so anyhow. Um, maybe Keller and I can break down some, we'll have a, a, an in-depth discussion on uh, the vegan lifestyle. No, not really. We'll talk a lot of wrestling. We'll take your phone calls again, 4.30 Central, 5.30 Eastern on blogtalkradio.com. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, now that you're done, go sign up for .NET membership at prowrestling.net. Take care.